Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to another episode of Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. I am the Daily News NFL columnist, Giants beat writer, here to talk about Giants Jets with a special guest, Antoine Staley of the New York Daily News. First, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also remember to subscribe on YouTube at PL on NFL, like, review, subscribe also on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But without further ado, let's get back to a great friend of the show, my coworker, Antoine Staley, columnist, Jets beat writer at the New York Daily News. And Antoine, I understand you have a special announcement for us today on the pod. Yeah, uh, I, I'll not only by your colleague on yeah, at the Daily News, like I'll be your colleague on Believe as well. And I have a podcast that'll be coming out later on in a few weeks called Bat Page Breakdown, which is obviously dedicated to our Bat Page of the Daily News. And wow. just talking uh, NFL and also specifically Jets as well. But we'll talk about some general NFL stuff too as well. But yeah, it'll be twice a week there, uh, about 20, 25 minutes each show. And yeah, we'll have special guests on. I'm sure I'll have you on at some point too as well. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Man, I love the name. Congratulations. Welcome to Believe. And uh, yeah, as our listeners know, every time you're on here, you kill it. So your podcast is going to kill it. I can't wait to hear it. Can't wait, can't wait to listen. And great season for you to do it, of course, because you're at the center of attention right now, right? With the Jets, Hard Knocks. I mean, what What's it been like for you as a reporter? Even we haven't even gotten to the regular season. Just what is your daily life like right now compared to, let's say, a year ago? It's been crazy. It's been a lot of people wanting me to do interviews and stuff like that. And not only that, it's a lot of attention with the team. Obviously, when you get when you got Aaron Rodgers coming in, like it just brings a whole different dynamic of media attention, you know, not just locally, but nationally. Too. There's been a lot of people talking about the Jets and their, their potential and their window to possibly win a Super Bowl, attending the AFC as well. And uh, everybody wants a, everybody wants a piece of it. And then obviously they signed Dalvin Cook and that also brings in another dynamic too. So everybody just, it seems like everybody just wants a piece of the Jets and everybody that's surrounding it right now, especially with hard knocks being there uh, for the next few weeks too as well. Well, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Obviously he is the star the big face, the shining on the bright lights, the Jets, why they are thinking Super Bowl. And so let me start off with my first Jets question is, we see he's playing in this preseason finale against the Giants a little bit. My question to you is just why? I mean, I know he's new to the team, but why is he playing in a meaningless preseason game? Personally, I don't know <laughs> because uh, I would not play him at all. But uh, I, I'm not surprised totally because just because he knows the offense very well, better than anybody, all the other players on the roster. He doesn't necessarily know his teammates because a lot of the players have been out specifically throughout the course of training camp. Garrett Wilson missed about two weeks with an ankle injury. A lot of the offensive linemen have not been able to gain a generate chemistry. Elijah Vera Tucker, Lincoln Tomlinson have been out the last week, too, with various injuries. Dwayne Brown, who, uh, for what I understand, is, will be cleared to practice. Finally, he's been on the PUP list uh, throughout the last month for training camp. Uh, he's scheduled to come back this week. I don't know his availability to play, but 
yeah, you're going to gain those chemistry with your teammates. And I guess the best way to do that is actually get out there and play. I think it's too much of a risk, personally, uh, mm. especially in the last preseason game where you got basically two weeks away from the season starting uh, Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. But I get it from their perspective, too, because Aaron does know the offense, but he's still trying to gain that chemistry with his teammates. Hmm. Good news on Dwayne Brown there. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it's interesting. You have to question it just because obviously Giants players aren't going to be trying to hurt anybody, but there's guys trying to make the roster and what better way to get your coach's attention than to sack Aaron Rodgers if you're a Giants pass rusher or defensive lineman, right? So it seems a little risky. Um, you know, simply though, you've been out there every day in Florham Park. Just how has Rodgers looked? How has he looked from a playing physical standpoint at quarterback, and then how has he looked kind of around the team as well? I think he's been as good as advertised. I think he looks like one of the top five, six best quarterbacks in football still. I mean, I know last year was a bit of a down year for him. I know he had a variety of injuries there that he played through, and also, you know, he didn't necessarily have the best supporting cast around him in Green Bay. And yeah. also, uh, it took him a while to gain some chemistry with his receivers like Kristen Watkins and some of the other guys there but yeah i think now when you got a guy like garrett wilson there and the team around him uh they end up signing uh alan lazar nicole hartman obviously we talked about uh dalvin cook i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about him too as well i think you know you just see the potential uh with this team and i think uh offensively it's been some ups and downs i think a lot of it has to do with the uh makeshift offensive line there they hadn't had their four or five there yet throughout the course of training camp but mm. aaron himself has looked good I think he's been uh, one of the best players, if not the best player on the field every single day he's out there. Great to hear. That's what Jets fans want to hear. You mentioned Dalvin Cook a couple of times, and obviously he's front of mind with this new signing. And I guess one of my main questions for you there is, with all the weaknesses on the O-line still, you're giving this money to a running back. It, is this a case of, now listen, I know Joe Douglas is the general manager, but th is this a case of Aaron Rodgers' assistant GM? Like of, you know, them listening to the quarterback and the quarterback saying, let's go get me another weapon. I mean, is that how you would explain this or is that unfair? I think I think it's a little bit unfair, but also if, if Aaron wants somebody, they're going to definitely listen and go get them if they can. Yeah, so right. And Aaron, definitely Aaron saw, you know, Dalvin Cup firsthand in the NFC North for many, many years. And you're like, yeah, if we have a chance to get this guy, why not, you know, spend the money to get him, especially considering the amount of money that he sacrificed for this team, uh, yeah, right. which is unheard of, like that that amount of money, like what superstar, especially a guy that's won two of the last three MVP awards, were sacrificed that much money. So you better do what he tells you to do. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> especially if you're trying to win the Super Bowl. But yeah, I think also the fact I think the reason you go out and get a Dalvin Cook is because you got Brees Hall coming off an ACL injury. As you know, especially covering Saquon, he was not right, you know, after his ACL tear. It took him a full year to get back to form. And last year, I think we saw that. We saw the old state kind of the size of the old Saquon Barkley and him leading the Giants offense to what I think a lot of people expected. And it could take uh, Brees Hall a little bit, some little bit of time for him to get back to form uh, prior to what his injury was, like the ACL tear. That's yeah. why you go out and get a Dalvin Cup because they can't really afford to wait, you know, for it, people to try to come back into form. They're trying to win now. And there's have a short window, especially when you got a guy that's will turn 40 in December at the quarterback position. Yet you don't know how many years or that window looks like. So that's why you go out and get a guy like Dalvin Cook. With how this Cook contract is structured, I know uh, Michael Lombardi, a friend of the pod, kind of broke down how unusual it is that it appears almost like it's guarding against a potential suspension because he's guaranteed all this money, whether he's on PUP, 
inactive IR, basically anything but a suspension commissioner's exemplist. I, I know you guys have kind of asked Robert Sala about this too. Like, where do you, where do you think that stands? Do you think that the jets quietly think he might be suspended or there might be some games he's not available for? And what, you know, what do you make of how that's structured and just um, whether they expect to have him kind of for the full year or maybe have to work without him for a time? Externally, they'll tell you they're not worried about a suspension. Dalvin was asked that. Robert Sala was asked that. They said they did their homework. They feel comfortable about the signing of Dalvin Cook with all the things that transpired and what the Star Tribute reported. Mm. Internally, you look at the contract. So that, that, that tells you all you need to know. Like They are somewhat concerned about a possible suspension because otherwise you wouldn't frame the language to be the way that it is if you wouldn't. So yeah. I think... They they're just you know they're spinning it and PR wise at least publicly that they're not which is you know it's cool like I mean that's what you expect teams to do but mm-hmm. ultimately you got to be somewhat you know concerned about a possible suspension considering the fact that a lot of this case is still pending. Yeah, and is that um like from a reporting standpoint on where that stands is that still a legal situation or is it a league review of player status situation? both both okay. we're still like some legal things pending there so it's very it's he really can't talk about too much of the case there or so obviously if we asked him then he's gonna decline not to talk about it because it's legal legal aspect of it but yeah right. the legal league still needs to approve it it could be something that it doesn't get solved until the off season because you know legally you know it takes a long time for all this stuff to kind of transpire and i think oh, once the once it gets settled legally then i think the nfl will come in and decide what they want to do but that could take seven months or so and that might be january february march and dalvin's only going to be with the jets for a year we think anyway (laughs) man yeah you you and i we know all too well as nfl reporters how long that legal process takes especially once it gets in season how uh, often it just happens to wait until the next off season to be resolved um so we've mentioned the running back we've mentioned the quarterback and of course, the question and the topic on everybody's mind right now in Jets land in front of them is the offensive line. And so can you just download for us right now on what the line looks like right now from left to right, where you think the biggest concerns are? If you think those like if, if Brown coming back is going to solve a problem, let's say, but where do you think it stands? What's good enough? What needs to get better? And is it going to be fixed internally or externally? Well, it's just like every week is some, it's some kind of change on the offensive line. But there, here's how I think it's going to shake out when, yeah. it, when the regular season starts. You have Dwayne Brown at left. He's going to be your left tackle there. Uh, he'll be 38 uh, later on this month, too. Uh, and he came back from a double so- shoulder surgery that he uh, had in the going all season. So that's still a concern, especially with his age, too. You don't see a lot of offensive linemen play near their 40s. So. Yeah. But yeah, they they love what he did. Like he basically played last year on one shoulder, uh, and the Jets and Robert Sala uh, commend him for that. So he'll be the left tackle. Lincoln Tomlinson is somebody that struggled his first year with the Jets as well, but somebody they're paying big money to. So they have a lot of high expectations from him, and hopefully he can have a bounce back year from him. Center uh, position, Connor McGovern was the starter last. Year. He was the only player that played all 17 games on the offensive line for the Jets last year. But they drafted Joe Tippin from Wisconsin, who they imagine to be the heir apparent to him at some point. But I imagine McGovern will be the will start begin the year as the starting center. Uh, right guard Elijah Van Tucker is back, came back from a torn triceps there, uh, suffered that the same day that Brees Hall tore his ACL, which is a just a killer. 
for the Jets too. They were five and two at that point, and only won two more games the rest of the year after that. So, no need to really stress his uh, importance there. He played three different positions on the offensive line last year. He played left mm-hmm. tackle, right guard, and right tackle. Uh, so that's you know that's unheard of in this day and age for an offensive lineman to play that many positions. No doubt, right tackle is still a little bit of a flux. You could move Vera Tucker to right tackle, but I think the thinking for him is they want him to remain at right guard. That's where Makai Becton kind of comes in, and he's been playing well. They've been giving him more and more reps there. He's looked good throughout the course of the preseason. They just want to make sure he has enough confidence on his knee where he can get through a full game. And if he does, then I think eventually he will be the starting right tackle. But it's just wow. a matter of just getting that confidence in him, uh, especially with a guy that hasn't nearly played a lot of football the last couple of years, only played one game back in 2021 before suffering his first of two knee injuries. Man, I was I was going to ask you next if Becton was even going to make the team, and you're telling me he's going to yeah, start he, at right tackle. That's interesting. Yeah, he's yeah he's definitely going to make the team there. I know uh, it was some rumors about him possibly being traded, but the way he's playing and the fact that they have a vacancy at right tackle, you can't you can't tra- you can't trade him or cut him at this point. I think he's playing tremendous. I mean, mm. he literally like bowled over uh, like a couple of Tampa Bay <laughs> defenders on Saturday night. He played only like 25 snaps, but those 25 snaps were pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll never forget having dinner in uh, Prime 47 Steakhouse in Indianapolis, and it got dark all of a sudden above me. And it was because Becton had walked past me and blocked out the <laughs> lights on the ceiling. <laughs> He's like I an NBA put- player. It was nuts. I've never seen a human that large or that close to me. It was something else. Uh, if he can take that step, like you said, feel healthy enough and be effective. Man, oh man, will the Jets be exciting. So you mentioned Tipman, who obviously looks like he was drafted to be the heir apparent at center. I saw him at guard a little bit too. Do yes. you think he has, do they think he has that flexibility to pop in and help somebody anywhere on the interior? Or do you think they're still testing that and figuring that out themselves? It's a little bit of both. I think they uh, do think he has some flexibility to play at guard. Uh, Lincoln Thompson was out with an injury last week, so they had to reshuffle their line a little bit. So that's kind of why you saw tipping there at the guard position. But, yeah, this is the best time to find out during training camp. Uh, you don't want to necessarily find out during the game that somebody has flexibility in order <laughs> to move at guard or whatever. So, yeah, I think the best course of action is to practice on the guard. See if he can handle it there. I thought he did, you know, a solid job there. Obviously, his job is at the center position. And he's a tall center. I mean, six foot five. You don't typically see a lot of centers that are uh, that tall. I was actually surprised the Jets took him. I thought Smith, who the Giants took, yeah. uh, would be their target. But that, that was a little bit surprising. But they, they like Tippin. And I think Tippin has played really well throughout the course of the preseason, too. I agree with you, especially because I remember during the process, there were some people who said, even though there were some people who liked Tippmann better as a center, some people who liked Schmitz, but there were also people who thought Tippmann might end up being more of a guard in the NFL, which is interesting. That he's, yeah, exactly. It's very interesting now that he's already kind of, you know, getting some reps there, getting some looks. And obviously in the modern NFL, if you draft a guy, let's say you drafted him to be a center, but he turns into a stud guard. I mean, the more the merrier, man, right? Like you look you at you gotta what, have that flexibility. Yeah. And you look at like what Martin just got paid sitting out with Dallas while you know all these running backs are just walking back with their tail between their legs, taking pay cuts or whatever it is. So premium position, even if he ends up at guard, that's great. So wait. yeah, and also real yeah. quick, like the Jets had eleven different players on the offensive line last year, start games. 
Like that's uh-huh. that was the most in the NFL by miles. So you got to make sure you can have that cross training and flexibility at those positions too. So wait, you don't you don't sound to me too. I mean, I know you were just kind of going down the line, but am, am I correct? Like I know Aaron Rodgers has of course said the line needs to kind of step up the offense needs to figure it out we saw robert sala say it too but you do not sound terribly worried sounds like you think some of these guys whether they're coming back off injury like vera tucker or whether it's becton stepping up it sounds to me like you're a little bit more confident in them in them maybe than like the national media focus is i just need them to play together that's the main thing just getting that chemistry to play together it's not necessarily I think once they play together, I think they'll be fine on the field. It's just you just haven't they just hadn't played together on the field all at the same time. Even last year, Dwayne Brown was out for the first four games of the season with the shoulder injury. He comes back and then you have a problem with right tackle. Elijah Barry Tucker gets hurt. Max Mitchell, who's been playing swing tackle left and right. He has suffered the blood clot situation. George Fant was hurt. Like it was just it was just one thing after the other. It was, again, like you have a leaky faucet and then you fix one problem and then it's another problem that happens throughout the course, you know, when you're trying to fix it. That's kind of what the Jets offensive line was last year. It's <laughs> try, you, you think you fits one issue and then you got another one on the other side and oh, you just God. can't, you know, get it together. But I think now you just need to have that chemistry. If they do, then I think they'll be a solid unit. I'm not going to say they're going to be the best offensive line in the league, but I definitely think if you have a above average line, then I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, interesting. So I have to ask you this too. This is like the most recent thing that stuck out to me. I was watching the pregame show before the Jets' most recent preseason game against the Bucks, and Otis Livingston from CBS had to sit down with Aaron Rodgers and asked him about New York, what his plans, his goals, et cetera. And Rodgers said that, you know, he's he thinks he can win here. He thinks the Jets can win, and he's hopeful to put in I think he said something like a few really good years or something like that. And then he said something, which I'm not sure if he had said this before, but he said, and hopefully I can hand it back off to Zach and he can, you know, take it from there for a long time. And I kind of looked at the television and I said, wait a second, did Rogers just say the plan here is to make, it's like the green Bay plan, you know, the Aaron Rodgers from Brett Favre green Bay plan. And I don't know if anyone has said that before, but is that really, how the Jets are talking about this, like behind the scenes to Zach Wilson. Are they looking at this like Zach really is a salvageable successor to Aaron Rodgers? Or is that just trying to pump up a young player who needs confidence? I think they want to see how far Zach can get better. I think he has gotten better. I think he's a decent backup now. I'm not sitting, look, I'm not going to sit up here and say, and fix my lips and say that he's all, did this completely 180 turnaround from yeah. a quarterback from last year. I think ultimately he's played a lot better. He's being more efficient with the football. This is, we looked at as a whole reset for Zach Wilson this all season. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to work on his mechanics, uh, obviously learning a new offense with Nathaniel Hackett there and having a guy like Aaron Rodgers being his tutor and just tell him what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong, something he didn't have. I mean, he had Joe Flacco there, but they basically just handed him the job when he first got to New York. And I don't think that's, that's that was a, I think that was a detriment to him instead of them trying to make him earn it and also have a veteran. Look at what the Panthers have done with Bryce Young. They have a guy like Andy Dalton, and they also made him earn it. Like Frank Wright just recently announced him to be the starting quarterback. But you yeah. have a guy like Andy Dalton that's able to, he's able to learn from, bounce things off of, and I don't think Zach really had that his first two years. And I think, you know, if they had a chance to do that over again, 
well, they might have drafted Justin Fields instead of Zach Wilson, but if they had a chance to do it all over again, <laughs> at least if they were going to draft Zach, then they would have somebody that, like an Andy Dalton, that can also administer him. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to be here, uh, whether how long Aaron plays or not. I mean, who knows what the next two years might look like. I mean, yeah, obviously the Jets have to make the playoffs. If they don't, then that, that could hold, they could start a whole chain of <laughs> other unfortunate events for, which I won't go down too far now, but we don't know. We don't know what the next two years might bring, but I think, you know, I imagine Zach will be there for the next two years and they might find a, a replacement if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire after that. It's like you read my mind and no, let's go there. So my next question was going to be about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm not shying away. So we got Joe Douglas year five, Robert Sala year three. You and I both know that, you know, there was some pressure and some chatter last year about how South things were going at the end of the year, how much pressure, especially is on a GM who drafts a quarterback like Zach Wilson that high, who doesn't pan out, but obviously ends up drafting the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. The defense looks promising. The team starts turning around. They recruit Aaron Rodgers. My question to you is, it looks exciting. It looks like they could do a ton with this year's team. Maybe they could go in this year, maybe next year. Maybe they're a contender all of a sudden. But Antoine, is there so much more pressure now on the coach and the GM, especially because it's not year one or two for either, that if this goes south, could this go terribly south for them? Like, Will there be no organizational patience for failure given – now all of these added expectations that have been added on top of them? I think, uh, well, I'll say this before I get into the answer. This is also going to be a precursor for an article that I'll write later on. Yeah, I think the Jets are going to have the biggest target on their back out of any NFL team. And I think you kind of saw it with the Sean Payton comments too. Out of any NFL team around, period. Because they are the media darling. They're the ones... They're on ESPN getting talked about every single day. And I know Mike Greenberg, the Jets fan and all that, but I'm sure uh, there are the 31 other teams that would like to be talked about. But every single day, the Jets are being talked about. Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala, this, that, and the other. Like, you even got a team like the Giants who did make the playoffs last year, who did make the playoffs. They don't get nearly the attention that the Jets are getting right now. No so they, they, they are – they're going to have the biggest target on their back out of AT. So, yeah, like they have to win this year. Like they know it. People, Robert Sala, that's why you go good in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. That's why you do not wait to see if Zach Wilson can, you know, turn it around in year three because they know the pressure. So they know they have to win. Yeah, you drafted Garrett Wilson, you drafted Sauce Gardner, but what did that get you last year? They, you started seven and four. I thought, I thought they were ahead of schedule last year. I don't know if a lot of people thought they would be in the midst to be a playoff team, but. They were. They had an opportunity. They had a great opportunity to make the playoffs. They lost six straight to end the year. And then you start to hear a little bit of rumblings there. So now they're ahead of schedule. So what's the next step? And now the Jets also have, they coincide, they have the longest playoff drought out of any team in the four major professional sports. Them and the uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres are tied for that right now. So (laughs) you, you think Woody Johnson wants that on his head? No. They want to win. They Not only do they expect to win they want to win and if they don't win it could be a lot of wholesale changes there and obviously they want Aaron Rodgers to continue playing but remember 2000 I, I won't give Jets fans too much of a round but 2008 Brett Favre came in they started out eight and two I believe and then yeah. they missed the playoffs and then you look at Eric Mangini was fired Brett Favre ended up going to Minnesota and it, they brought a whole bunch of changes which was good at the time because Rich Ryan ended up coming in and they instantly turned it around and went to two straight AMC championships. But yeah, they 
that was kind of the they're kind of the similar situation that they are they were in back then too. So they have to win, and I think Robert Sala and Joe Douglas actually know that. All right, so let's get to speaking of having to win. So they're playing the Giants in this preseason game. They also play the Giants in the regular season. It's their eighth game. Um, after they have a bye after their first seven, right? So their yes. first seven games versus the Bills, Ooh. at the Cowboys, versus Ooh. the Patriots, versus the Chiefs, at the Broncos, versus the Eagles. Antoine, uh, what is their record going into that? <laughs> <laughs> going into that Giants game, what is the Jets' record going to be? I mean, that is it doesn't really matter what team they are. That schedule is so brutal. That's murderers row. That's a murderous schedule. They did them. They gave them a lot of home games early on, but they did them no favors by schedule. The Chiefs and the Eagles, like two of your last three games before the bye week, that's brutal. I know they're both at home, but that's still brutal. Very brutal. Man. I have them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four and three. Like. Okay. And they could easily be three and four. And I think they still might, might be in good shape. Anything below three and four, I think they're going to be in some trouble there because you still got to play the Dolphins twice. You still got to play Buffalo again. Uh, you got to go to New England later on in the season. And, and Cleveland is what I, I think Cleveland might be a sneaky team to watch out for considering what happens if Deshaun Watson returns back to form, too. They definitely have the weapons. Uh, to be a playoff contention team, especially with Nick Chubb there, uh, Mari Cooper as well. So, and they have a great defender, and obviously Miles Garrett, who can cause havoc in the backfield. So, yeah. their schedule is not as tough later on, but it's still some possible hiccups there later on in the season. So, if you start two and five, I think you're you can be in a little bit of trouble there because that, now that place, especially in the AFC where it's so stacked, I think. 10 and seven, you know, has to be probably like the minimal if you're going to get into one of the wild card spots. Agree. Agree. All right. So for this preseason game, of course, now we know Aaron Rodgers is playing, but could you give us some underrated standouts or sleepers, either guys clawing for roster spots, or maybe they've already made your 53 in your mind, but that people should be watching when they tune into this Giants Jets preseason finale. Well, the Jets don't really necessarily have a lot of spots available, but one of them is uh, possibly their six-wide receiver spot. So you got uh, Jason Brownlee. You also have uh, Malik Taylor and Xavier Gibson, too, who all competed for that last spot. I think Gibson has the edge because he can play special teams there. They need a returner. Uh, obviously, McCole Hartman can also play a little bit of a role in that as well. But, you know, I also think they would like for him to play more of a receiver role, something that he didn't necessarily do with the Chiefs a whole lot when during his career there. But, yeah, I think, you know, that sits right receiver spot. Just keep an eye on those guys there as a possible, you know, players to watch too as well. And also Zonovan Knight. I think uh, I know Izzy Benacanda is somebody that I think is going to make the roster there. But mm. Zonovan Knight, uh, he's a guy that, um, that's on the cut line right now. He understands, especially when they go outside a guy like Dalvin Cook, you know, they're not going to keep five running backs. They're going to keep four, possibly. You know, it's a chance they may, you know, they possibly may keep three, but I think they might keep four running backs there. And then Knight might be the odd man out. So I expect him to be, get a lot of playing time against the Giants. And even if he's not, you know, auditioning to be with the Jets, they might be with another team down the line that needs some depth at the running back position. Hmm. You have any read on how much Rodgers will play, or could it be something like Daniel Jones' last game 
it was possible he would play a quarter, but then he goes down the field, scores on the first drive, gets a good amount of plays in, a good amount of throws, and they just take him out right there. Do you think it'll be kind of reading that? Yes. Yeah, don't don't blink, or, or he's going to be out the game pretty quickly. So I, <laughs> I would say the maximum probably two series, but depending on how they do the first possession, because I, I, you would know this better than I would. I, I don't think any starters for the Giants are going to be playing um, in that yeah. game. Uh, yeah, so not, only they only go like out and score a touchdown. Yeah. Only like rookies, like for example, like I would think like the rookie corners will play, even though they're starters, right? Stuff like that, like Deontay Banks and Hawkins. But yeah, like all the you know the Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller. I would you know Daniel Jones. I wouldn't expect them. That's what I thought. So if they go down and score a touchdown on their first drive, then he's probably out of there. Like they want to get him out of there, but it just depends on how the offense looks. Uh, the first one, one or two possessions, but I would expect more than anything, more than two. Gotcha. Okay, so I, I hinted at it a little bit, bringing up those first seven games. I'm not sure if you're still kind of crafting this, but figured I'll ask you: Do you have a record prediction yet for the Jets, or a season prediction yet, or at least a ballpark of where you think they end up, or are you? You still honing this. You still waiting to see how it settles out. Come week. Well, one. well, you know we have season previews that we have to do too. So uh, <laughs> I know that's why you asked me that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think right now, uh, probably ten and seven. I think that's a good mark for them, especially considering how tough the schedule is uh, early on. As I said, I had them like at four and three, like by the, for the bye week, and then they maybe they lose like four games after that too. But I think ten and seven wild card. I think that's a good spot for them. They might win a playoff game, too. If they do that, then I think a lot of Jets fans would be satisfied with that. Yeah, no, I think so. I think, while yeah, I, I say they make the playoffs, too. I think they I think they maybe even win the division. I guess I'm just waiting to see how the O-line settles out. But uh, I have a lot of questions about Buffalo, man. I just I just Me don't – nothing feels right about – about yeah, man. Nothing feels right about what's going on up there. I don't think New England's going to challenge for the division – let alone even a wild card. And so then it's Miami, though. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. That, that a team to watch. If Tua can stay, that's the mid thing. It's a big if. But if he stays healthy, you saw, I think we saw what Miami was last year, especially with that offense with Tyreek Hill, Jerry Waddle there. They also have offensive line concerns, too. It's, it's funny. The three best teams in the AFC East all have offensive line issues. The team that doesn't, the Patriots, then they have a quarterback issue. So that's really <laughs> the big thing, the biggest difference between the teams. No doubt. All right. So put you on the spot then because you, it sounds like maybe you were either working on or filed your predictions already. Did you pick a Super Bowl winner yet? Uh, I'm going with Cincinnati. I think, I think the Bengals finally do it. I think they win the AFC. I think they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think they get it done. I think Joe Burrow gets it done. I think they're, I think they could have beat the Chiefs last year too if it wasn't for, you know, a dumb play out of bounds late in the game. But, yeah, I think they, they're the team that doesn't it does not fear the Chiefs whatsoever. And I think they can go in, whether it be an arrowhead or, you know, at home, they could beat the Chiefs anywhere. And I think they feel confident that they can do that. Man, I love that pick. That's been the team for the last month or so, talking to people, formulating where I'm going. I want to pick Cincinnati. I'm 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 picking it tonight, actually. So the next time I do the podcast, people will know what I'm picking. But it's like with Burrow's injury, obviously, it sounds like they're saying he looks great. He feels great. He'll be, be OK. Probably by week five, we won't even be talking about it. But with losing those safeties and having Burrow go down like that in the preseason, there's just a little small part of me that's hesitating. Yeah. I like I like that you went all in there, though, because I, I agree with everything you said. 
it's hard to repeat though. If it's like, it's really hard to re- if anything. Like, I mean, I know everybody. You can pick the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes every single year, but I just feel like it's just the Bengals' time. I really do. Like, they got close the uh, last couple of years. They lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. They had to take almost got back there last year. So I feel like I just feel like it's just that time. I feel like them and him and Burrow are going to be going back and forth and. You know, Mahomes might end up having five Super Bowls. I think Burrow might have two or three. And I think that's just how it's going to be in the AFC. And it's going to be – the AFC is going to go through them, like basically the next 10-plus years. Man, this is going to be a fun season, a great season. Can't wait. Antoine Staley, you can find him on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. This guy's everywhere. Obviously, you'll probably see him on Hard Knock sometime. Uh, Backpage Breakdown is the new podcast coming on Believe. Check it out. I can't wait for that. Everybody remember also go get some Estate 98, Essencia de Cafe from El Salvador. It's coffee. You can make it in three seconds. Iced coffee on the go. I do it all the time when I'm doing the podcast. And I'm a few minutes late to record like I was with Antoine today. And also we are presented again by Bet Online. Great podcast. Great information as always. Antoine will continue following your work. And we look forward to your Believe podcast and continued coverage in the Daily News. Thanks again for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.